Welcome to the Awareness Offerings Podcast, a weekly offering of yoga philosophy discussion and guided meditation for the moments we're living in. I'm your host, Laura Tara Davy Joplin. I'm a yoga and meditation teacher, spiritual social media strategist, and integrative counselor, working to integrate the principles of the spiritual path into every aspect of my work and my life. This podcast is an extension of that work as I navigate the world as a white woman devotee of yoga, living at many intersections of privilege, living in the West, and trying to live with awareness. Thank you for joining me in this work. You're listening to episode 20, The Mother. Welcome once again to the Awareness Offerings podcast. This is our 20th episode together, and I am honored and grateful and excited. And full disclosure, I just booked a trip (laughs) for the end of this year, so I'm also super hyped. Uh, So I want to bring that exuberant energy into the podcast, but this is also... Uh, in so many ways, a guided meditation podcast. So we're gonna we're gonna take it and we're gonna bring it inward. Also, first things first, as I always share, if you'd like to support the show, the best ways you could do, do so are by rating and leaving a review on whatever platform you use to listen. And if you feel called to share on social media or by word of mouth, that is also a gift to me. But it is, as always, a gift to me just to share this work. (laughs) get to share my thoughts, my understanding of yoga and the tools of meditation with you. So thank you for being here. As always, we'll get started with our traditional opening practice of singing the sound of Om one time. Om means consciousness. It is the fundamental sound of awareness. It's like if you took awareness and you distilled it down to its pure energetic essence, that is what Om is. So we are calling on that, asking for that, committing to that when we sing Om. But you can sing it out loud or you can just listen silently. Both are forms of practice. If you're coming along, I'll invite you to get your body into a comfortable position. I'll invite you, if it feels good, to close your eyes or gaze softly at the floor or down the tip of your nose, if it feels good and if it's safe for you to do that right now. Then you can take a deep breath in through your nose if nostril breathing is doable for you today. Let all the breath go, clearing the path for consciousness with your breath. And then inhale for one ohm. Thank you for joining me in that practice. And now we'll go into our practice of yoga philosophy discussion for this week. And this week I am discussing the mother. (laughs) And I'll tell you all about what that means to me and what I've been taught about the concept of the mother. But first I'll tell you why I want to talk about that this week at this particular time. I'm fully aware that you might be listening to this at any point, but I am recording this podcast on Thursday. Uh, I almost said December. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Thursday, October 21st, 2021, which is the day after the full October moon. The full moon was yesterday. It still probably looks full in the sky tonight. Um, And it also happens to be right on the heels of 
Am I saying that right? If something's on the heels of something, does that mean it's after it? I think so. It's right after a really auspicious time in the Hindu and yoga traditions. And you'll often hear me talk about the Hindu and yoga traditions together, side by side, because they grew up together, side by side, in ancient India. And they're not the same thing, but they do have a profound influence on one another, which is why Hindu holidays, traditions, and customs are often recognized um, in classical yoga. Uh, And I come from a lineage of classical yoga that really intentionally tries to honor the depth of the spiritual system of yoga. And so we recognize a lot of Hindu holidays. And I've had the opportunity to learn about um, these really kind of ancient rituals and customs. And here in mid-October has been a time of ritual referred to as Navaratri on the Vedic calendar, which is sort of the um, database of um, cyclical rituals and holidays and observances uh, for Hinduism, and again, which has deeply influenced yoga. So in the Vedic calendar, there are nine nights each dedicated to celebrating a different form of the Divine Mother. That's why it's called Nava Ratri. Nava Ratri means nine nights. And I've often heard this period referred to as the nine nights of the mother. Because each night, a fire ritual, a fire ceremony, which is traditionally referred to as a fire puja. And puja just means an act of worship or devotion. So this devotional fire ceremony is performed each night to honor a different aspect of the goddess, of the mother, of the Divine feminine. And I'll talk more about how all of that language intersects and what that all of that means to me here in a bit. But I just want to share the context for why I'm talking about the mother. Because um, in the ancient uh, yogic tradition, we've just gotten out of this period of time that is dedicated to the energy of the mother. And then last night, uh, at least last night as it was, as as I'm recording this, the night before I recorded this, uh, was the full moon. And the full moon is also associated with... um, the aspect of the divine feminine or the mother aspect uh, in the tradition of yoga and in a lot of mystical and wisdom traditions. And so there's a lot of mother energy around, I think. And so I'm feeling inspired uh, to talk about what that means to me, um, what I've learned about it, and then to share some practice um, around that kind of energy and essence with you. And the thing about it is, even though I'm recording it at this very specific period of time that has really inspired me to talk about the mother, um, it doesn't mean that it won't... um, it won't be potent if you're listening to this, you know, next week or next year, whenever you're listening to it. Um, when I talk about what the essence of the mother means, I, I share it with the understanding that that kind of energy can benefit us and teach us no matter what time of the year it is. So that's why we're talking about the mother. What exactly is the mother? <laughs> I am in a yoga lineage, a a specific school and teaching of yoga that recognizes the mother as one way of relating to God, relating to the sacred, relating to um, the universe, relating to sacred energy, whatever name you give to it. 
I have been taught that the mother is one name we can give to God. If you grew up in the Judeo-Christian tradition, which I did, um, I'm sure you've heard about God the Father. Here in the West, that's a really common way of referring to God. But in finding my yoga lineage, um, which is pretty wild and deep and classical and does a really intentional honoring of the mother, I was my mind and heart were opened up to the fact that you can also relate to God as not just the Father, but God. the mother. So when I say the mother, I'm talking about an aspect of the sacred. I'm talking about sacred energy. I'm talking about God, the universe, love, guidance. You can wrap your mind around it using whatever words you use to think about something that's bigger than you, even if it's just love, right? And that's the cool thing about the mother is I have been taught that the mother energy, the energy of the mother It's representative of unconditional love. And in Hinduism, which again has a profound influence on yoga, so in yoga also, the mother is depicted in the form of all these different goddesses. The goddesses usually have a lot of arms and they're gorgeous and they're draped in jewels and they have all these tools in all their different hands. Um, And those are the forms of the mother that are celebrated on these nine nights of Navaratri that we've just completed in this time. So they're thinking about the mother and, and depicting and relating to the mother as a goddess is one way of, of understanding her, understanding the mother. Um, But what I have been taught is that um, goddesses themselves, all these deities, all these forms of the divine are just basically symbols and stories. They are archetypes meant to help us wrap our minds around something as huge and unknowable as the sacred, as God. God is so big and so vast that the that words can't really cover it and the mind can never really know it. But we use these symbols and stories and archetypes to help us just understand a little piece of what God means. And so all the different gods and goddesses are said to represent a different aspect of the sacred, a different aspect of God. And so when I talk about these goddesses, these forms of the mother, they all just represent a certain type of sacred energy, uh, uh, a resonance, a vibration, a truth. They each represent a different kind of truth. And what I have been taught, and you'll hear me say the phrase what I have been taught a lot in this podcast, um, because these are all teachings that are not mine. They don't come from me. This is what I've learned in studying with teachers who have studied this wisdom for years and passed it down and passed it down and it's been passed down to me. So what I have been taught is that the mother is, it's just about energy. You might see her as a goddess. um, You might use the word mother, but it's just about energy. And the most fundamental energy that the mother represents is unconditional love. So however you relate to unconditional love is how you relate to the mother. Even if you don't call it that, that's essentially what you're doing. If you have a practice or a ritual or some kind of relationship with unconditional love, you have a relationship to the mother. And when I think about how I came to really grasp and understand why the mother and how the mother means unconditional love, I think about Kali. 
Kali is one of those goddesses, one of those forms of the sacred, one of those forms of the mother that exists um, as a visual and tangible representation to help us wrap our minds around sacred energy. And Kali is a warrior goddess. Some even call her a demon goddess. She is fierce. She's often depicted black with her tongue hanging out, dripping blood, wearing a garland, a necklace of human skulls. She has a sword and she is wild because she's here to fuck shit up. (laughs) She's here to slay darkness. That's why she's often depicted very dark is because her, her work is to take on all the darkness of the world. Sometimes you see her holding a skull cup and drinking out of it, and that's representative of her drinking the darkness in the world. And that is wild and sometimes scary. It can be really frightening. Um, And from what I've heard of people who have have had um, real relational experiences with Kali, it can be really scary. But the reason that she has her sword and she slays the darkness and she drinks it um, and she comes to fuck shit up, it's not just to be angry. It's not out of malice. It's not out of evil. She is not evil. She does it out of unconditional love. She loves her children, right? She's a form of the mother. She's kind of the universal, one of the universal mother archetypes. She loves her children, i.e. the people on earth, so much that she is willing to actually take darkness, to drink darkness into her body so that we may be lighter and more open and more loving. And that is how I really wrap my mind around what the unconditional love of the mother means. Just a willingness to get in the mud and get dirty and wild and real so that all of humanity uh, can be more open and more held and grow. That's what Kali represents. And that is one of my deepest understandings of why and how the mother um, represents the energy, the sacred energy of unconditional love. And that is the most, to me and and in my studies, um, that is the most fundamental meaning of the mother as I understand it through the lens of yoga philosophy, which is the lens that I look at everything through as I share with you here on the Awareness Offerings podcast. But there are other um, aspects, other qualities that the energy of the mother represents. She represents creative energy, creativity. On the one hand, the mother in sort of traditionally, the mother is associated with giving birth. Um, And I want to be really intentional when I say that because I'm aware that there are so many ways to mother. Um, It is not exclusive to one gender or to the physical act of giving birth. One can give birth to many things, right? One can give birth to a project or um, a way of being in the world, not just of uh, an actual child, but classically the mother is associated with birthing. Um, and again, I, I say that with so much openness around, um, not gendering it at all, but that's sort of just the traditional association. And that's why the mother is also associated with creativity, right? The act of creation and creative energy is in its It's inherently about transformation. Creativity is always moving, always flowing, always making new things and making things new. And so 
creativity is deeply associated with transformation. And Kali, that one form of the mother whom I love very much, I I feel close to in my practices and whom I just shared about, she's also sometimes known as the goddess of transformation. She's known as the goddess of destruction because she has her sword and she's here to slice some shit. But inherently in that destruction, there is transformation. So the mother is also about that energy that is always flowing and us being willing to be in relationship with that energy so that we can transform. Because if one thing is true in this life is that things are changing all around us. And if we're not willing to change, we can get really stuck. But if we're willing to move in the flow of things, we can constantly transform. And that creative transformation is another one of the qualities associated with the Divine Mother. And she has so many qualities. She has so many boons or blessings. Um, And I could hardly list them all. And I am hardly the person to do so. Um, As a white woman living in the West, simply studying yoga, I am not the expert. Um, And I will not claim to be able to name all that the mother means, especially because as I did my best to explain earlier, this is really the work of understanding the mother is the work of understanding the divine, which is the work of understanding the ununderstandable. There's no way to really wrap our mind, let alone wrap our words around what the mother really means. Um, but to my understanding, the main qualities that the mother represents are unconditional love, creativity, and transformation. So those are the, those are the qualities which I will keep my focus on, but just know that there are uh, quite a few, many more. And sometimes you might hear the mother referred to by another name, Shakti. Shakti is, there's a lot of meanings to Shakti. That's another thing about classical yoga philosophy. Um, Many meanings, one word. (laughs) Um, But Shakti is the name of a goddess. There is a goddess called Shakti. She represents the primordial divine feminine energy, which um, is less about gender and more about kind of the feeling or that essence of creativity, love and transformation. Um, And so there's a goddess Shakti. But oftentimes, if you hear me talk about Shakti, Shakti or any kind of yoga or um, contemplative teacher talking about Shakti. They're also talking about spiritual energy, spiritual power, that feeling that you get when you do your practices and you feel tapped in and awake and alive and in the flow in a deeper way. That is Shakti. That is you being willing to be in a relationship with the essence of transformation. So Shakti is another way of conceptualizing the mother, of our willingness to transform. And what I've been taught is that so much of yoga uh, is a willingness to transform. Uh, So when I talk about Shakti, it feels deeply intertwined with my understanding of yoga. Now that I've talked a little bit about some of what the mother means, kind of in my understanding of what qualities the mother represents, I want to talk a little more about what I just said, about the fact that the mother is, and when I say the mother, you'll often also hear me say the divine feminine. Um, I want to talk more about how that is not about gender. 
my guru, the master teacher of my yoga lineage, the, the school of yoga in which I study, who was a devotee of the mother Kali and a student of Shakti all her life. Her name was Majaya Sati Bhagavati. You've probably heard me talk about her before if you've listened to the podcast um, before. She said the soul in its perfection has no gender. So I'm not talking about the divine feminine as if it's limited to one gender or one gender expression of which I know there are many. I am not at all trying to limit any person to the binary and I'm absolutely not trying to limit the mother to the binary because again, we're talking about how big and unknowable she is. So she's beyond that. Um, So it's beyond gender and it is not associated with one gender. You can absolutely have a relationship to the mother if you are a man, a woman, non-binary, any, any place in the massive universe of genders, you can have a relationship with the mother and you can, you, you can tap into the qualities of the mother that live inside of you because it is not about being feminine in whatever sort of gender, traditional, uh, standardized way we understand it. It is about the essence of loving unconditionally being a creative and open being and being willing to transform. And we can all do that and we can all benefit from that, which is one of the reasons I said you can benefit and learn from from listening to this talk about the mother, even if you're not listening to it right in this period of time um, when so many people in the yoga tradition are are celebrating the mother. Um, So she goes far beyond gender. And then the other thing I want to say is that she has so many forms, which I've already touched on a good bit as I have talked about my understanding of what the mother means. She has so many forms that go even just beyond the, all the, the different Hindu archetypes that, that the Hindu and yoga tradition offer to us for understanding her. There's more than just that. Because what I've also been taught is that yoga, even though it is, it grew up alongside Hinduism and is deeply influenced by South Asian traditions, um, it is inherently an interfaith or no faith practice. It can complement our relationship to any faith tradition or to our simple understanding of love, kindness, spirituality, and truth. Even if we don't attach that to any kind of faith. Even if we don't believe in any kind of God and we just believe in love, we believe in the mother in some way. Of course, you get to name it however you want to name it, but I'm just saying. (laughs) So what I'm offering is that even beyond the goddess Kali and the goddess Durga and the goddess Lakshmi and the goddess Tara and the goddess Parvati and all of these beautiful Hindu forms of the mother that this tradition gifts us, there are so many other ways to relate to the mother. In the Judeo-Christian tradition, we have the mother Mary. In so many ways, she embodies that universal mother energy just as much as Kali does. She gave birth to the Christ, uh, who is revered in so many ways as as the universe himself, right? She is the mother of the universe. So there's the mother Mary, uh, just to uh, go into the Judeo-Christian aspect of it. And so many of the world's traditions and religions, uh, of which I will not go deeply into because I don't have the expertise to do so, but I do know that so many traditions, um, mythologically and spiritually, have mother archetypes, right? There are the Greek and Roman goddesses, 
there are Egyptian goddesses, uh, just to name just a very, very few. Um, but there are mother archetypes in so many different traditions. There are Celtic goddesses. I have uh, Celtic ancestry. So um, even if it doesn't feel aligned for you to connect with Hindu goddesses, exploring your own faith tradition, your own ancestry can very likely bring you to a form of the mother. And then there are forms of the mother that go beyond religious and and uh, mythological iconography altogether. You can look to nature for the mother, for what I have been taught is that Mother Earth herself, the earth we are on, is a goddess. She is creative. She is transformational. And she is unconditional in her love and for the way she holds us. And so connecting to the earth is connecting to the mother. And as I touched on... Um, At the beginning of this podcast, the moon is deeply associated with that mother energy in yoga philosophy specifically, but not exclusive to yoga philosophy. Um, The moon is sort of the reflective quality. It reflects the energy of the sun, which is more kind of external and solid. The sun is always, you know, still. It's in the center of our solar system, whereas the moon is always moving and changing. And it it is this glowing beauty. And that is deeply associated with those uh, mother qualities. So you can connect to the moon to connect to the mother. The ocean is also uh, very deeply associated with the mother for a lot of people because it has that fluid, open quality. Um, water is, is a, the, the flow of water is very deeply connected to creative energy, which is connected to the mother. So connecting to water connects us to the mother. And I share all of this just to open up a conversation around all the ways we can connect to the energy of unconditional love, creative flow, and transformation in a way that honors all of our faiths or no faiths, our spiritual systems or no spiritual systems, the elements of nature that we each connect to. I just, I want to offer that The mother is so expansive that there is no one way to connect to her. There's no wrong way. And she's accessible to all of us. Even if for you, it's just loving someone else, offering love to someone that is, that is connecting to the unconditional love of the mother. And of course, even with all of this, all of these different ideas around how we can connect to the mother, of course, there are practices we can do to connect to the mother. And so this is the moment in our podcast hangout time in which we shift from discussion into meditation. We'll do some practice to connect to that essence of the mother. And as always, if you're doing something that would make it unsafe or just not doable for you to get still and do some meditative practice, this might be a good time to pause the podcast and come back when you're ready. If you are ready and you're coming along into this practice, I'll invite you to get, your, get yourself into a comfortable seat. And as always, a comfortable seat is any seat as long as you can lengthen your spine. The spinal column is the central channel of energy in the body where that creative essence of Shakti, right? Spiritual energy is always flowing. And so when it's long, things just flow. Excuse me, a little more openly. As always, have to have at least one air bubble in my throat for a podcast. Energy is moving. All right, so finding any seat at all where you can sit with your spine long, whether you're sitting on the floor, on a chair, on your bed, you might sit on a cushion or a towel or a pillow if you're on the ground. You might even sit with your back against the wall. You can sit with your legs crossed, but you absolutely don't have to. 
You position your hands, arms, and legs in any way that's supportive to you and just find whatever seat for you helps you lengthen your spine. And know that if there's any point in this meditation where you need to adjust and take care of your body, you're free to do so. As you find your seat, I'll invite you to close your eyes or gaze down the tip of your nose or soften your gaze toward the floor. Anything that is safe and supportive for you, just to turn your awareness toward yourself and away from the wildness and oftentimes stress and tension of the external, at least for now. And we don't turn away from the external to hide away from the external. We're just taking refuge in the practice of unconditional love so that we can embody more unconditional love in this chaotic world. So as your eyes close and you settle into your body, I will also invite you to settle into your breathing if that is a supportive practice for you. You might begin to notice how it sounds and how it feels to breathe in and out through your nose if nostril breathing is accessible for you. If it doesn't feel supportive to notice your breath, I'll invite you to notice something else that is happening in the present moment, whether that's a sound in the room, the feeling of your clothes on your skin, the air on your skin, just anything that anchors you to your moment. But if you're listening to your breath, just kind of diving into that flow of inhales and exhales. Another representation of the mother, the energy that is always flowing and transforming us, the breath itself. Majaya, the guru, the master teacher of my yoga lineage, was told by her guru, her teacher, because yoga is a lineage and we all have teachers. Um, she was told by her teacher, Neem Karoli Baba, who was an Indian saint, um, Ma, you are the mother, always flowing. So if you think of the mother as nothing else, just think of her as flow and maybe allow that to connect you to what it feels like to be in the flow of your own breath and your own moment. As simple as that. And if you do nothing else but sit in the flow of your own breath and your own moment in this practice, you have connected to the mother and you have practiced. So you can stay in this practice or I'm going to offer us a mantra practice using the yoga of sound, that vibration uh, to connect to a certain essence. And in this case, the essence of the mother. I sat at my altar yesterday morning, which at the time of this recording was the morning of the full moon um, and started to connect to my breath. And the practice that came to me was just this mantra. It just came into my head and it became clear that that was the practice I was meant to start the day with. And so I'll share it with you. The mantra, the sacred sounds we will use are Om Kali Ma. Om Kali Ma. Essentially asking for the vibration of the mother Kali, who is, as we talked about, one of the forms of the divine mother as conceptualized in Hinduism and yoga. She is the fierce, wild, deeply loving and transformational form of the mother. So whatever connects you to unconditional love and transformation, 
I'll invite you to hold that, whatever it is, whoever it is, hold that in your mind and your heart. Put that intention into this mantra and the, the, just the vibration, the buzzing of the syllables will do the work to connect you to the mother, whether the mother is Kali or Mother Mary or just the night sky. So Om Kali Ma. We'll sing it together several times, but as always, you can also do this practice just by listening. We'll start with an inhale through the nose. Om Kali Ma. And that's our practice. We'll inhale again. Continuing. As the sound of the mantra dissolves into silence, maybe it takes your mind, your heart, you with it a little bit. It's one of the benefits of sound is that one, it teaches us how to listen and it makes the silence even more impactful. So just sitting in the quietude of purposeful practice and maybe bringing your awareness to the center of your chest if that feels good. 
I've been taught that the heart is a place where there is deep silence and stillness. And of course, the heart is a place where there is unconditional love. And so the mother lives there too. And you sit with that essence of silence, love, creative energy. However you connect to her, you sit with it and breathe with it here. Just simple and available to whatever your moment is teaching you right now. There is one depiction of Kali in which she's standing with one of her foot, with one of her feet (laughs) on Shiva's chest. Shiva is a form of uh, the sacred who takes a masculine form. He's supposed to be the first ever yogi, this powerful, wild, all, just all powerful yoga man. (laughs) Um, And he lies down at the feet of Kali and she puts her foot on his heart and he is in bliss in this representation of the two of them. Even for the wildest, most ferocious, most powerful yoga practitioners, something about the mother on your heart softens softens you into bliss. So here perhaps the mother is on your heart in whatever form she takes and can soften you into an experience of love, awareness, presence, peace, bliss, whatever it is for you. And you can stay in this space as long as you'd like. You can even pause the podcast to stay longer. But when you're ready to transition, I'll invite you to take a deep breath in through your nose. Exhale through your mouth, a grounding breath. We'll take two more.
And then when you're ready, you can start to blink your eyes open. You can start to move around a little bit. Returning from the space of formal meditation. But perhaps keeping some awareness at the center of your chest or wherever you find the feeling of love and transformation that is the mother. Just holding that awareness there and holding that essence there. My spiritual teacher, who is a close student of Majaya, um, the guru of my lineage, um, called my spiritual teacher her, her daughter. So I am lucky to continue to study in this lineage of Shakti women. Um, and my spiritual teacher this weekend uh, said, the sacred energies of the universe are always reaching toward you. So I take that to mean however you think about the mother, that energy of unconditional love, she's always reaching toward you. Even when you're not in formal meditation, especially when you're not feeling perfect, uh, when you're heartbroken, when you're suffering, she's got your back, she's at your side, and she's holding your heart. I hope that you will carry that with you into the moments to come after this practice and days to come. Thank you for joining me for this awareness offering and for going into embodied practice with me. You can find me on social media at Laura Tara, L-A-U-R-A-T-A-R-A on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. My intro and outro music was created by none other than my very own brother, Oxella Sun, O-X-E-L-A-S-U-N, whom you can also find on Instagram.